you lose me, send me the link, and I'll watch it. It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and hopefully you can see us now. <laughs> it's Taxi <laughs> TV Live. Yeah, baby. And I am thrilled to have our special guest, Miss Robin Frederick. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. The COVID-free crowd goes wild. How are you, Robin? I'm okay. I'm okay. Robin, me, I'm here, and the late Michael Lasko. Yeah, let's see. Okay, now it works, they're saying. All right, sorry about that, folks. Good. We had a little complication. I forgot to click one of my many buttons in getting ready for the big show today. Um, anyway, great to see you, Robin. Uh, sorry we can't do this in person, but I think you and I are both very used to uh, doing a lot of streaming at this point. <laughs> Definitely. Every day, every day, every day. Uh, Robin is, is the author of, let me get the books out here, Shortcuts to Hit Songwriting, the best-selling book that started the whole Robin Frederick craze. It's like Beatlemania. <laughs> No, it's an amazing book. Uh, if you don't have this book, I know that many of our viewers already do, but if you don't, it makes a great stocking stuffer, and it's actually on sale right now at uh, Amazon, 5% off. And if you've never read this one, and you are one of the people that thinks that, gee, I write songs, and I've used Robin's books, and I've got my craft down, and my songs will work in film and TV, maybe not. You should check this book out because it's the only book on the market and it's every bit as good as the other book, but it's the only book anywhere that talks about the difference between writing songs for media versus writing songs for radio and records and Spotify, etc. Um, you won't be disappointed. And as I always say, uh, if you don't love the book, send it back to me and I will personally reimburse your money. And I don't know any other publisher that will do that, but in all these years, I've only had one person ask for a refund and they Xerox the whole book. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's a job. That's a job. Yeah, not worth it, honestly. I know. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'm going to spend $200 of my time Xeroxing really? this $30 like book. Really? That's pages you get a Xerox. I know. Every time I see one of those things online that says, oh yeah, you can get it, uh, you can download it. And every once in a while, those scammy places put that up. You can't download that. It's like, three, who, who would scan that and put 300 pages and make it available for nothing on some BitTorrent site? I know. So uh, Some people are just weird. But yeah. anyway... So I'm excited. We're going to do some song critiques or reviews uh, with Robin. I'm going to uh, start over on the song that we already did uh, while we didn't have picture and sound. So Robin actually got to spend a little more time checking this one out. Um, and this song is called Bar Hoppin'. And let me go back to the top. Whoops. It's Bar Hoppin' by Joseph Alonzo. Bar Hoppin' till you come back. Picking you up to my Harley, we were so young and free. So young and free. Hitting the local bar on a Friday with our fake IDs. Now they're just memories. Kissing you out on the dance floor like a wildfire when it sparks. But your mama said I was too reckless, I would only break your heart. Now I'm just hopping, I'm just hopping, daydreaming of what used to be. I wanna stay single, I don't wanna mingle, till you come back to me. 
You know what's sad? I, he he can't go bar hopping now. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, just yeah. <laughs> Drinking not alone. Long, <laughs> not too long before we get back to it. That's um, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it's a it's a cute idea. Um, I'm watching the lyrics. That's why I'm looking over to the side in case anybody's wondering. I've got the lyrics up in front of me. Um, it's a cute idea, and uh, I like the. I don't want to mingle till. Uh, I want to stay single. I don't want to mingle until you come back to me. It's very cute. It's catchy. It's the kind of thing that's going to get stuck in your head, um, and that's nice. I uh, my question about this one is, I notice there's a lot of references that would work in country, Harley County Fair bar hopping. Um, but I can't, uh, but it doesn't sound like a country song to me in terms of the groove and in terms of the chords or the melody. So I wanted to know, it seems like it's crossing genres. I'm not sure. So I understand Joe is in the chat room. If you want to put something, I can't see the chat, but uh, if you'll put something in there for Michael to take a look at and tell me what genre you're aiming for. Are you aiming for a country, let's say, a la Florida Georgia line? Um, cause the melody is not going that direction, but the lyric kind of is. So right. I wanted to know what your, what your thought is. It, it, it you want to be clearly in a genre so that you know where you're going to go pitch it when, when it's done and that whoever you're pitching to gets it clear. Uh, Joseph responded and he said, pop country. Okay. Um, all right. So for pop country, I think... The verses are working, uh, picking you up my Harley, we're so young and free, hitting the local bar on a Friday with our fake IDs, really cute, nice lines, now they just memories, yeah. So you set up the situation right away at the top. Um, so I think lyrically, it, the verse is headed in the right direction. Um, the chorus is, um, if you're going to do pop country, you're going to want to make that chorus more complicated, complex in terms of rhythmic syncopation in the melody, and that's gonna mean more syllables in the lyric. So when you get into those things like a Florida Georgia line, um, or you're looking at, let's say, uh, a Dan and Shay uh, tequila, when I taste tequila, that one, um, you you look at these, um, oh, what's the one that uh, uh, Lee Bryce has out right now? One of them girls. That Look at how rhythmical that chorus melody is. And you're going to want to fit your syllables right into exactly the melody and right into the groove so that lyrics and melody actually almost become part of the percussion track. That's how are. So it's a, this one's a little too loose, a little too relaxed for today's high energy pop country hits. Um, it's pulling back a little bit more towards the 90s, that kind of melody style and lyric style. So take a listen to... Um, something like one of them girls because that's a great example of what i think you're heading for and um and see if you can get your your chorus punched up in terms of energy really push that and fill those spots in there so that you get much more of the rhythmical syncopation that these melodies really like to have on the chorus then you're going to be aiming better for the radio style that you want because that's what pop country is all about okay all right you know about a week ago one night, I sat here at my computer for three hours uh, just listening to like the top five things on several playlists because I'm, I grew up in a generation in the music industry uh, where everything was about big 
punchy choruses, you know, and, and I've been noticing more and more hits have choruses where you can definitely tell it's a chorus, but I, I use the word bombastic to describe the old style. They just exploded yeah. and now they yeah. don't. And, and you're absolutely right. They're more defined by rhythm and what the melody's doing with the rhythm so much more. Um, yes. I would say like 70 or 80% of the songs that I heard that night that were the top five from various genres all had that in common. So once again, you've been prove, proven right, um, as always. But It's definitely, that's where we're going. Rhythm is right now, rhythm is king. And uh, the lyrics uh, adjust themselves. They still have to be clever. They st and, and lots of good examples, which he has here. Um, but they still have to have, they have to have this big rhythmical syncopation. And yeah. we create, instead of the big bombastic choruses, you're exactly right about that, which we created by raising the note range way up big and then stretching out the notes and really hitting that first note and, you know, uh, uh, way up high. And that would define the launch of the chorus. Now what you do is you change the rhythmical co um, contrast between sections. So a lot of times your chorus, your verse might be chatty. Your, your pre-chorus stretches out and changes the melody rhythm. And then you hit that chorus and the chorus just becomes very, very busy, very, uh, lots, of, lots of motion, lots of energy. And mm -hmm. it pushes those big syncopated lines. So everybody, and that's not just for country. And when, when he's right, right, if he's looking for pop country, that's the pop element that has crept over into country. And if you look at the pop charts, you see absolutely, you see the same thing. Any Dua Lipa song, Don't Start Now, uh, uh, new rules you'll really hear that very clearly the rhythmical structure of songs now and the rhythmical choruses somebody in the chat room said ask robin to move her microphone down a little bit it, it's up by your cheekbone i'm guessing you're doing that so you don't pop your peas that's exactly uh, right yes and i'll start <laughs> popping all over the place if i don't do that yes that's so better that, a bit. yeah thanks yeah. <laughs> You know, the people in the chat room are all so comfortable. We're part of a big family now that if they see a guest with a microphone up here, they'll tell you. Anyway, uh, that was great advice. Uh, I want to ask you one more question about this. Uh, can you give any advice on pre-choruses? Um, I noticed the pre-choruses are different now as well. Um, they don't necessarily have the kind of the same lift. They accomplish the same goal, which is lifting yes, you into the chorus, yeah. but they don't use the same techniques or something. I don't know. Any Anything you've noticed yeah. about... They have the same function that they've always had, as you say. Um, they, they build anticipation and energy going into the chorus so that, you know, you're all revved up for the, for the big choruses that we have now, big in their own way. Um, and so we we kept the pre-chorus as a holdover from uh, earlier songs when we had those big high range choruses and the pre-chorus would build the the melody range up there'd be like the verse down in the conversational range and then the pre-chorus up here and then the chorus way up there so they don't have to do that now so what we do with the pre-chorus a lot of times is we'll ramp up um, repetition and suddenly the pre-chorus will get da 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 and then right into your chorus. So repetition now has taken the place of a lot of what we used to do with note range. And you can do it with both note, both note range and repetition if you want to. Rhythmical repetition is at the heart of melody now. And I've noticed that we've had it in pop for a while. And now we've got it in country. Rhythmical repetition. If you look at a song like Burning Man by Dirk Bentley, 
the amount, sheer amount of rhythmical repetition in the melody. A um, little bit holy water, da 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 ba da ba da 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 da, over and over, and they'll change notes, but they'll keep that repetition of the rhythm over and over, and that's the great trick of today's melodies, um, is the rhythmical repetition of uh, the rhythmical repetition of a pattern, but you can change the lyrics and change the actual note pitches, but keep that same rhythm going over and over. And a lot of times that's exactly what pre-choruses do. So start listening to some of your favorite hit songs, contemporary hits, and listen for the repetition and where the repetition changes and where the rhythmical repetition alters, but the, you know, the rhythm stays the same, but the note pitches change. And if, once you start hearing it, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. <laughs> By the way, excuse me, uh, yesterday morning uh, while I was having my coffee in bed, uh, I woke up way early and I turned on the TV and I knew that my wife was sleeping with earplugs and an eye mask, so I got away with turning on the TV softly. There's a Bee Gees retrospective, a Bee Gees document, documentary mm. out. Um, I think it's called How Do You Mend a Broken Heart? Anybody who's a songwriter or a producer or an artist, any of the above, uh, you've got to watch it. It's really, really, really good. So oh, there you bad. go. Little little plug for the BGS. I, I hear Dolly Parton's got it. Also, there's a great new documentary on Dolly Parton that everybody's loving. So I haven't seen it yet. What's not to love about Dolly Parton? Right? I know. I know. Vastly underrated songwriter, too. Do you know, um, and I'll get to the next song in a moment here, but uh, when I was 19 or 20 years old, I was working on an Eric Clapton session in Miami, and he said to me, come on, let's get out of here. Let's go find the best chili dog in Miami. And we ended up stopping at a record store, and he bought me a Dolly Parton record, uh, the one that had Jolene on it. And we went up to the cash register. The kid behind the register is like, <laughs> and Eric handed me the record and he said, trust me, this woman is going to be huge. She's one of the best songwriters I've ever heard. He was so right. Okay, um, let's uh, listen to the next one, which is called Watch Me Do It by Ethan Lustig, featuring Emily Benford. Watch me slay, make them pay up. I don't play, I don't make up. Set the scene, I'ma show them. I'm a queen, yeah, I'm golden. I'ma show you how it's done. I'ma show you how I rule it. I know exactly what I'm doing, so take a seat and watch me do it. Watch me do it. I'ma do it. Watch me do it. I'ma do it. Watch me bring it. Watch me make it. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Um, lots of character and attitude in that, and character and attitude works really well for film and television, for example. Um, so I would say this is a really, really great start 
um, on a good character attitude song for a female, which is great. Uh, they can use these in film and television underneath a scene with a kind of a female strut character in it. Um, and uh, you might want to try... Um, I, what I would what I would suggest with this is it starts out really well. Watch me slay. Watch them pay up. I don't play. I don't make up. We get it like literally in the first uh, few um, sentences here. Uh, we get who the character is and what her attitude is, and the and the music is really you know underneath that is supporting it. And the character, the girl who's singing this, she's got that character, which is great. Um, so all of that's working, and then it seemed like it. I would love to hear this go someplace um, different for the chorus. That actually, the, the opening actually sounded like the chorus to me. And a lot of times in rap songs, we start with the chorus. A lot of times in R&B, hip hop, we start with the chorus. And this actually sounded like the chorus to me. Watch me slay, watch me pay up. I don't play, I don't make up. It's right away, it's really clear. It really sums up who the character is. So when we get to what you're labeling the chorus, Watch me do it, I'm going to do it. Watch me do it, I'm going to do it. We've already kind of heard that enough. And we've got, the listener has got the message that you want to put out there. So now I think what you're calling the chorus, I would treat that as a verse and either have her do a rap that's much faster than that and really, you know, a rap with good flow, get it going, get the rhythm and the rhymes and all those ear candy and everything and really catch the listener's attention there. Or... I would say go for um, a, a melody uh, in the verse and and or try a melodic chorus and and you know go back and forth between the two, kind of Mary J. Blige or something like that. And I think this could work really well. You've got a great opening section. I'm going to call that your hook, a uh, hook chorus. The opening section: Watch me slay, watch him pay up. But then that next section that you have labeled the chorus, I would say, watch me do it. I'm going to do it with all that repetition in it. That's probably too much repetition of something we've already heard. So rhythmical repetition in the melody, um, you know, even when it's, a, you know, a single note melody like this one, you still want to have either more melody going on, changes in pitch, or you've got to have more going on in the word, in the in the rhythmical interest to give it more energy and more motion and keep the listener with you. Um, so that's what I would recommend is more contrast here between that opening section and what you're calling the chorus. And in the chorus, I would look to make this really, that's where you want to catch the listener um, with more information about this character because she really does sound interesting. She's She's a fun character and I want to know more about her. Um, but we don't really learn anything more. She just kind of repeats the same thing over and over. This type of song could work for a scene, any kind of urban scene in uh, film and TV. So it's worth working on. It's definitely worth working on. Okay? Um, people in the chat room are talking about the microphone again. I'm sorry. Can you try Why, it what? down, can you try it down it, here? Cause be, or, or, I don't know. Okay. It's, it just you it, won't hear it very well. And you'll no, get a lot of pop speech. Okay. No, actually, it sounds really good right now. Okay. Well, Before I was getting, I was hearing a lot of breathing, and it was blowing it up. Anyway, yeah, and people, oh, yeah. if they're talking about the microphone in the chat room and not listening to what you're saying, let's. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have a question, which is, uh, have you noticed 
predominant song forms in different genres that seem to be popular now that Ralph Murphy is no longer among the living and he doesn't do his annual analysis. And I know that how much you're obsessive about listening to new music. Have you noticed any forms or, or is it still verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus out kind of stuff that's predominant? Um, you know, there is a report that comes out every year that that goes over all of that stuff. How long each of the intro, how long the intros are, whether we're using intros or not using intros. Um, here's the thing. The only big difference in song structure is between film and TV, which will still use the verse, verse, bridge, verse form with refrain at the end of each verse. That's very popular in film and television. And Americana will use that. Uh, indie mm. folk will use it. And folk, uh, straight you know, neo-folk and, and regular folk music will use it. Um, uh, you don't hear it ever, uh, verse, verse, bridge, verse. You're never going to hear that in pop. Um, and you're not going to hear it much at all in country. So country and pop, country is absolutely is verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus. And bridges are occasionally, occasionally instrumental, but not very often. Bridges tend to be short couple of lines, give them a break, yeah. and then you can do a little instrumental break if you want to with maybe a little bit of vocalizing in there, vocalese in there, some stacked vocals or something to keep keep that human in front of the listener. They really like that. They don't want to hear your favorite guitar player noodling around. They, they're not happy about that. So keep <laughs> the human voice in there in the bridge and then go back, you know, you go to your final chorus and out. With some changes in there, you could also put in, if you want to, your pre-chorus after the bridge and go to your final chorus if you want to. Once you do the verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, then the bridge is open to interpretation and then wrap it up any way that you like that will get you to the time, you know, that you want for your song. That's country. Pop, because pop is so influenced by dance now. Um, so you hear a lot of... EDM, electronic dance music influence on pop, especially in so songs like um, uh, Dua Lipa songs and Alessia Cara and um, definitely Ariana Grande and, you know, uh, Camila Cabello. The, the women, in, the women are definitely dominating the EDM genre. And those have um, unusual structures. They are not, uh, they're, they're, they're radio friendly. So you'll hear in Dua Lipa, you will hear a verse, pre-chorus, chorus. But then you may hear a post-chorus and then um, an, another verse and um, maybe pre-chorus or maybe go straight to the chorus and then a post-chorus that's a little longer. Or you may just hear verse, chorus, post-chorus. When you listen to Closer by the Chainsmokers, you're going to hear actually the it's hard to tell which is the chorus and what's the post-chorus. So in EDM, it's a producer's medium. And what people are doing is taking it out of the dance clubs and putting it in radio. So the trick there is to give it enough structure that radio likes it. So radio has enough up, you know, um, build up, dynamic build up and release into a big chorus and then come down for your post chorus or whatever. They've got to have enough structure for radio. But dance, uh, um, a dance club is a much more free form because the producer dominates and you may have a hook in there that's not even much of a chorus. It's just, you know, a re repeated line yeah. 
And then the singer will do something that says, you know, we spent the night together and now you won't take my text messages and answer me. You know. And they'll do something and then they'll hook it again. Then go to the hook again. And they tend to have those kinds of storylines. They tend to be light on storyline. But if you're going to try to cross over to radio with that, you can't do what the dance club stuff does. You have to do more structure than that. But you, you said still something. You said something brilliant about five years ago uh, in defining the difference between what you would listen to in your car, which would define radio or, or Spotify, whatever, um, and clubs. And at clubs, it's all about your body feeling the pulse of the music, and you really don't give a damn about what the lyrics are doing or the structure as, true, long, yeah. as long as you're moving to it. Whereas yeah. if you've got a captive audience with headphones on or in a car or whatever context they're listening in, you've got to keep them engaged. Engaged, and that's where the lyrics come in. So you're right. It's two different mediums, two different, um, not tactics, but strategies uh, of what They're you want. Uses. Yeah. yeah. And so your audience is different. But a lot of these songs now are crossing over from dance club to uh, radio, pop radio. And pop radio is driven by dance beats. That's what, you know, but when you listen to Ed Sheeran do Beautiful People, that was a huge dance club hit, but it's also a huge radio hit because it's Ian Khalid and it's got a great storyline in it, but it's perfect setup for dance club because it's all about, you know, being at a party and seeing people and it's got a great dance beat. So there are people who are specifically writing now to cross over from dance club where you can break out a hit record much more easily than you can at radio still. And so you hit those dance clubs first and then you break it over into radio. But you've got to have a lot more meat on that song than you would if it was just for the club. Right. Absolutely. So uses are important to think about. You know, I just say when you start your song, know where you're going to end up. Uh, you know, have your genre picked out and know where you're headed because every decision you make while you're writing your song is going to be influenced by where you're going to be pitching it. And so just keep nudging it in that direction. Don't write something you don't like. And don't don't use it to say, oh, I'm going to dumb down my song because that's never going to work. It's not going to be a good song. It, you need to write a song that pleases you, that you're happy with in a genre you want to be in. And then every decision as you write that song, you just keep nudging it towards give yourself a reference track. You yeah. know, I love Dua Lipa. I, you know, if you want to write for a dance club, she, you couldn't do better than write songs like she does. And so keep pushing yourself in that direction. Notice what she does. Try something like that until um, you can do it. Okay. All great advice. Let's move on to this one is called Losing My Defenses, and it's by Christina Meyer. Making okay. sure I'm there. There I am. And here we go. Yeah, it's so thick, I feel the tension And my thoughts keep heading in your direction So hard to resist The urge to give in To the sweet taste of sin Losing my Can't control it 
so this is a great example of just what we were just talking about, a song that's really made, a lyric that's really made for the dance club. Um, this is exactly what people want to hear, you know, at midnight, uh, 1 a.m., um, kind of, you know, breaking down those defenses, looking for somebody to go home with or whatever. That's the kind of um, uh, theme that works real well. Um, I, love the I love the way the vocal is floating that melody in the verse, the yeah. air is so thick, so slowly over this pounding beat. The beat is fairly slow. One, two, three, four. It's going to be difficult to dance to that. Uh, and so I would suggest uh, in the chorus, you, you got to keep the tempo the same, but I would probably pick up the, te the tempo, uh, the pace of the lyric. Instead of losing my defenses, I would probably double time that and then fill the space in between the lines to really get the dancers, give them some energy, something to react to. Losing my defenses, all about defenses, and da 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 da. I mean, just really push it so that the chorus has energy. Then when you come down for that second verse, hypnotizing light, so overwhelming, had to be, just stretch that out, you know, and add some other instruments in there to pick up on those 16th notes that you have breaking in between that slow beat, because the 16th notes will give you that syncopation, the syncopated feel and allow you to build your dynamics, keep that energy going out of the first chorus and into the next chorus. So I think this one has an issue around dynamics as far as building into that arc of the chorus, bringing it down for the second verse, but not all the way down, and then taking it back up again for another chorus and a big bridge. So if you want to keep people out on the dance floor and keep them energized and keep them involved, I think you need to give them a little bit more rhythmical interest than this. Good vocal, good start on a track um, that's aimed right at a dance. And, um, and I think with more work, this is definitely um, on its way to being something that you could pitch to film and TV as source music behind a DJ scene or a club party or something like that. Um, you could pitch it into music libraries. They would be looking for that. Um, and I know Taxi has those kinds of listings. Um, and you could probably uh, take it straight out to a DJ if you know one and see if you play it for the dancers and see how they react because that's what they do a lot of times. It's test them in the clubs. The... The vocal texturally sounded a little Stevie Nicks-ish to me. And the delivery, not only did the timbre and texture sound like Stevie Nicks a little, but the the rhythmic patterns of it and stuff lent itself to that. So to me, it made it sound a little dated, like the, the track was trying to be modern, but the vocal approach was dated. You, you covered that nicely. So... Uh... Good, yeah, I think this the track is, is pulling it in a dated direction as well. So yeah. I would be spending more time. I'd find a reference track in the EDM field that's something cutting edge, you know, and find a, a producer that you happen to like and study their stuff um, and and start adding, you know, take a look at how they create those percussive uh, tracks that really make you want to move and then just um, use that and make it your own. Not enough of our members use the collaboration part of the Taxi Forum. There's so many talented people on the forum. And oftentimes the producers are troubled by trying to write lyrics or even trying to write top line period, but they know how to build great tracks. So it's a great place to you know meet somebody, get married in a musical context and do your thing. You don't oh. have to do it all. 
You know, you don't right. have to do it all. And production is one whole, lo- you know, it's a lifetime. And top line writing is also a lifetime. It's a long time er- on either side. And so you might as well let some- one person learn the skills on one side and you learn them on the other side uh, and bring that to the party and then meet in the middle. We've got a couple listings coming up very shortly that are from somebody with Golden Platinum Records, Grammy nominations, uh, and he's moving over to the film and TV side. And he said, I don't know how to do top line for that. I know how to produce great tracks, but I don't know how to do top line. Um, Can I run a listing with Taxi? And I said, sure. (laughs) We've got people who are great top liners. All right. Yeah. So this next one uh, is called Lake Time. It's by Wilsbach. And let me get, there we go, there we go, and here we go. Another morning that I'm up before the sunrise, the alarm is screaming and it's prying open my eyes, not ready for another day, crowned in truck and drive let's get on late time Pull up the blender jump in the water float all day on late time set my feet up chasing crawl that kitchen while i daze let's get off monday meetings all these streams and settle in a little bit and breathe the air and turn your phone off crank the music relax and make a memory let's get on late time yeah every summer till the day i Yeah, good, excellent. Yeah, this melody is doing exactly what I was talking about earlier. You see all that repetition, uh, ready for another day of grinding on any motion, nearly gone. That pre-chorus right there is doing exactly what I was talking about. It gets that repetition going, which creates anticipation and energy when you do that. And he's repeating the rhythm and, and in that case, also the note pitches while changing the lyrics. There's three things that go on with melody and lyrics, not just two. It's three things. There's rhythm, there's note pitches, and there's lyrics. Uh, and so as you repeat, you can repeat, all th- you can repeat all three, or you can repeat melody, pitch, and rhythm, and change the lyrics, which is what he's doing here. Or you can repeat the rhythm and the lyrics and, you know, ch- uh, excuse me, ch- keep the rhythm going, but change both the um, note pitches and the lyrics. And that's how you create a very memorable, catchy melody when they say we want your melodies to be more catchy. Uh, that's what they're talking about is create is repeat those rhythm those rhythms but change the note pitches and the words and I noticed he was doing that he was doing a lot more repetition in that chorus when the weekend comes hop in the truck and drive let's get on lake time that's his chorus power up the blender jump in the water float all day on lake time and so you really notice the hook the title of the song lake time because it's different from everything else around it very very this is very well done really good examples of what you mean by lake time so there's no question in the listener's head and the listener can picture all of this it's good country writing with lots of visual imagery that gets the situation across uh power of the blender jump in the water float all day every i mean who doesn't want to do that um sandy feeder chasing crawdad catching walleye days okay so it's really well done 
Um, I would say that this is a good song for pitching to any country listing looking for a contemporary hit. I'd probably like to see the chorus move up. Uh, this sounds like it's a done deal. This is a done demo. But um, I think you ha I think there's harmony on that chorus, which lifts it enough. Um, and so I think you're in good shape here. Pencils down, wheels up. See you later. Good luck. Good lines in here. Um, it's spring fever burning. Can I make it to the 4th of July? <laughs> it's really cute. I think this might be from a guy named Tim Wilsbach, who I met at the road rally probably 15 years ago or something. We just set up a camera and some lights in a empty room at the road rally. So anybody wants to go in there and talk about anything, do it. And I remember meeting Tim Wilsbach. He was the most enthusiastic, like determined kind of guy. It's funny how personality has a lot to do with uh, sticking with something, getting better at it and getting great at it. Um, also, I want to say, speaking of getting great, I, I sit here in awe of you every time I have you on the show. I think I've known you for 16, 17 years easily. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm amazed, seriously. I don't know how you remember all the detail that you remember and are able to regurgitate it in such a productive way. But anyway, you have my respect. <laughs> There's, oh, thank you. There's only so much stuff you need to know. You know, it's not rocket science. And and the stuff I'm talking, I've already been, I've been talking about the same thing a lot today about mel melodic rhythm because yeah. I'm really noticing it. Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, it's out there. It's in everything. If you're going to be working in the business, you've got to be using it. And so uh, Tim Wilsbach, if that's who this is, is using it. He's been listening. It's really obvious. He's been listening. Yep. And so I can hear a lot of Dirk Bentley in that. I can hear a lot of Dustin Lynch in that. I can hear it. And so anybody in the business, if I can hear it, anybody in the business can hear it. They might not be able to verbalize it. They just know it when they hear it. My job is to be able to verbalize it and say, this is what I'm hearing and I can hear where it comes from. And this is what we need to be doing. If you're pitching in pop or country at taxi where you, you know, you want to be at the level that the industry needs um, in order to get those forwards. If you're doing that pitching in pop or country, um, even rock these days is really rhythmical melodically. Uh, you've got to be listening to those to those songs out there and really picking them apart. You know, I just did um, I just did a my newsletter this month is on Lewis Capaldi mm -hmm. and his song Before You Go. Okay, so here's a guy who's at number one on the pop charts, but he's a singer songwriter, and his last song was just piano vocals, uh, someone you loved. And it went to number one yeah. before you go. Number one. How's why is Lewis Capaldi there? And we're not hearing really any other singer songwriters on there. How come that's working for radio? If you listen to before you go, you hear him singing rhythmically. The rhythm in that melody is all there and he's singing it rhythmically. It's almost like it's part of the rhythm track. Yeah. And that's what makes it work for radio. And it's really tight really tight and yet he's capable of putting all that emotion in it he's so over the top emotionally um and he puts all that emotion in but at the same time he is locked into the beat so if you're going to be working in either of these two genres or rock these days as well then you've got to be looking at how that vocal locks into the rhythm track and when you write your lyric and melody you have to have that in mind and he's doing that which is outstanding good Does, Glad do you know if that. he writes all of his own stuff 
Lewis? No, he does not. He works with a production team called TMS, I think. And um, they uh, co-write with him, but he's playing the piano. That's him. And he's driving those melodies. And I think they're all co-writing the lyrics. But when there's an interview with them online that I found when I was researching for my article, and um, they said, oh, yeah, well, he came in um, uh, and sat down at the piano and wrote that melody in about 15 minutes. So that told me that he's doing the melody. And then everybody pitches in on the lyrics. The lyrics are really well written, really tight, really careful, and yet extremely emotional. So he's driving it. He knows what he likes to say. So you feel like he was the one that made the decision or had the ideas on how to treat the melody rhythmically like that, that that came from him and not the production team? I don't know about the treatment of it. He may have been singing in a much looser style. And the production team said, hey, tighten it up. That may very well have been part of the production idea. Um, but they, he said that this song, Before You Go, was very personal to him. So I'm sure he's bringing in the theme, the idea, and he seems to be working up the melodies and piano parts. But yeah, the production itself, getting it to the point where it might be played on radio, that probably is something they all worked on together. Um, that's love not to... a way most singer-songwriters sing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to, to be a, a fly on a wall in a session like that because yeah. you know, back in my day in the studio, whoever had the next song and if everybody else in the room went, hmm, I like that, it got cut and it stayed pretty much as it was. It was down to, do we want electric guitar or an acoustic guitar? You know, I mean, But yeah. the fact that people are paying that much attention at that early stage of song creation to the rhythmic aspects of the melody is really cool. I would love to be in a room and watch that. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is called Even the Hardest Heart. This is by Happy Ron, a.k.a. Ronald Hill. And let me go find it over here. Here we go. Whoops. Everyone heads out to find their path In a life so full of storms But we're not so tough that we've outgrown The road that leads us back home Even the hardest heart Will sometimes skip a beat When the world turns right side up And everything seems at peace And the smallest crack can start To let in a little spark Even in the hardest heart Yeah, good. We try to stay the same okay. until we see all our children need us. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful uh, chorus on this. Even the hardest heart will sometimes skip a beat. Beautiful yep. opening line I, chorus. <laughs> great when, minds think alike. Uh, yeah. There I underlined go. that line. I loved it. Yeah. And and I think all four lines of the chorus are very, very strong. When the world turns right side up and 
you know, instead of upside down, it's, uh, he's played with that cliche. When the world turns right side up and everything seems at peace, beautiful second line, that's when the heart skips a beat. It's just when you reach that spot where you go, oh, this is, this, things are good, you know, sometimes life is good. And the smallest crack can start to let in a little spark, even in the hardest heart. This is a huge thought here in these four lines. There, it's very deep. There's a, it's very emotionally true. So what I would like to see you do, because when you do a song with this kind of simplicity in it, it really demands that you keep that level of lyric writing all the way through. Singer-songwriters, it's what, it's what we do is we write lyrics that make people go, oh, I never thought about that. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, really? So in this case, you want to keep your verses tightly focused on what you mean by those four lines in the chorus. So I'm not sure. I think that you have a couple of songs here. And I think one of them is that four line chorus. And then I think that the verses, because the chorus is so amazingly strong, you want to kind of write backwards. You want to back out of that chorus. Even the hardest heart will sometimes skip a beat. Okay. So who is, what kind of people, what kind of person is the hardest heart? Um, who is that? And what causes that person to um, skip a beat? You know, what kind of thing could you say in your verse that says, you know, the person who's been hurt until they've built up a, a scar or built up a wall, that person, if there's that, you know, that wall can come down. I've seen it come down when a child smiles or the sun comes out or a spring day or something. What is it that makes the hardest heart melt? We should, I think, see a couple of examples it would be wonderful. Um, in the first verse, you have everyone heads out to find their path growing up, right? This is growing up in a life so full of storms. T life is tough. But we're not so tough that we've outgrown the road that leads us back home. I don't know that that follows. These, these four lines are as tight as your chorus four lines are. And I think that everyone heads out to find their path. And sometimes they they get scars i'm i'm stuck on that scars idea because to me that's the that's what hardens the heart but there are other things that harden the heart as well and so find those make a list of those what is it the stumble is it the stumbling and you fall down and, and gradually you get you get hardened to that and it doesn't bother you anymore but you should be bothered by it um other people when we look at them someone in distress and we don't and we get too used to it we don't feel it then then the hardest heart needs to uh, skip a beat. It needs to be reminded of what it is that makes us all human. And I think that's what this song is about, which is very deep and very personal and very universal at the same time. Um, I think that doing this with just guitar vocal in a kind of a simple folk Americana style like you have here with the right lyric could be really... Um, very, very effective in film and television. Um, I, I definitely think this is worth working on. The third verse, some build a wall that they can't get around. That's good. That They want us to help them break through. That's a good third verse because that's a different angle on people with the hard hearts. They really want people to break through. For no one hides without needing to be found. Beautiful line by the warmth of the that they once knew.
So this does take us back to childhood, and I understand now more about where you're starting out. Everyone needs to find a path to where they go grow up, um, but we're never so tough. Okay, we just need to see a little bit more, I think, right there to understand that what we're talking about is that as we live out in the world, we can sometimes grow a hard heart. Very, very nice song, Ron. Very uh, nice. I also love his vocal. You and I have talked about this a couple times over the years. Sometimes a vocal that is from the songwriter who may not be the world's greatest singer, not a professional voice, does such a better job of delivering the message because of the authenticity and the feeling of the song. This song lends itself so well to needing that kind of vocalist, and Ron really brought that to bear here. I, I love I this. I 100% oh. agree. Yes, yes. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. I think that Ron should get together with John Pearson, who I saw in the chat room a minute ago, and they should do a co-write on this. Um, to This deserves to get finished correctly, it's it's on the 20 yard line. It needs to go to the end yeah. zone. Yeah. Very, very, very sweet. <laughs> All right, let me see what's next. This one is called Christmas is Love and it's by Glenn Page. Um, here we go. So here we are. It's time again A time to rejoice With family and friends A time to reflect A time to believe A time to reach out To all those in need Angels will sing their tune Circling round the moon Christmas is love Christmas is love Forget all the tears Let go of the fights Even behind Like Jack's in the night Covered in snow, they'll soon disappear. The red window blows to guide us from here. And angels will sing the tune, circling round the moon. Christmas is love. Christmas is love. Um, it's got a very pretty refrain, uh, angels will sing their tune, um, circling round the moon. Uh, I, I would, this song sounds like it's done, like it's been recorded and it's ready to be released, let's say, on social media. I would, I would try that with it. I don't know um, whether this is uh, something that would get picked up for film and TV or not. I think... Um, if you're up for rewriting on it, I think the ideas, the skeleton is there. It's really a pretty melody. It's got a kind of a Peter, Paul and Mary feel to it. I, I hear some references to a time to, you know, a, uh, 
to everything, turn, turn. There's strong reference to that, a time to believe, a time to reach out to all those in need. Uh, really re was reminiscent of that great song. So um, I kind of heard it more as a folksy thing. And the second verse seemed to pick up more of a country flavor. Um, I, I think the second verse is very strong. Forget all the tears, let go of the fights, leave them behind like tracks in the night. Very nice. And covered in snow, they'll soon disappear. Beautiful second verse. Um, a window glows to guide us from here and angels will sing their tune. Um, I'm still a little concerned about circling around the moon. It feels like it might be there for the rhyme. And we always want to watch out for that. Um, I don't think of angels as circling around the moon, but it's a pretty image. And, uh, and so I would just, you know, if, if you're going to release it to social media and do a little lyric video on it for YouTube, uh, see if you could pick up some fans there for it. Uh, I think that you could. Um, uh, the bridge is, a, it's a little generic. Is it, Christmas time is a time for joy. So Christmas time is a time for peace, having fun with the ones you love and opening presents by the tree. It feels a little bit like placeholders. I, I feel like from what I saw in verse two, that you can beat a lyric like that. You write better than that. And so, um, uh, verse two kind of gave you away. You really can write good lyrics. And I'd like to see you push the lyrics, the rest of the lyrics harder. Um, to get up to that same level that you've got in verse two. That is really a magnificent series of lines about the tracks in the snow. It's really very visual and it, it, it makes sense and it works really well. And then to finish up with Christmas is love. Uh, Christmas is love because we're going to, you know, forget all the fights. Don't like tracks in the snow. Beautiful second verse. So that's my feeling about it. If you're up for rewriting it, um, you could bring the rest of those lyrics up to that level. And it's got a good melody on it. And I would do it, uh, maybe re-record it with a simple guitar vocal. I think Christmas songs have a lot of impact when you do that, or, or keyboard vocal, whichever works for you. When I first started listening, it immediately reminded me of Neil Diamond. And then he walked it down at some point, da -da -da -da, with, I think, the chord change and the vocals all walked down together. I went, totally Neil Diamond. It's very much that style. Not oh, the, on the Christmas is Love, where he yeah, has the payoff. Yeah. yeah, he does that on the get You're right, exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway. It does. Uh, <laughs> and, and for a Christmas song, that's classic. You know, yeah. Christmas is the one type of song where you can be vintage and it's good. Because right. people love their vintage Christmas songs. And um, that finding more songs like that uh, and good ones is um, is is always you know it's it's a trip it's a good thing because uh, people really enjoy them. I do think if you want to get a Christmas song out there f for next year because you'll start pitching it in in June. Yeah. Um, but I have a couple people who've written really good period vintage Christmas songs. And I've suggested a couple times that people uh, write a couple more in that style and put out an EP for next Christmas. Um, it comes around every year. It's going to sell every year. It doesn't date. It doesn't get old. And um, it builds uh, fans year over year over year. So when you have a good song like this, if you want to do a couple more and keep them in that inexpensive folk style, um, and just keep that authentic feel in there, emotion in there. Um, it's an inexpensive way to put out a, a, a small EP and maybe help build up your fan base. We just had a taxi member get a placement in the movie Holiday, which was a very predictable but very cute and funny, uh, you know, boy meets girl, and they they they're their annual. They do holidays together. That's their whole relationship. 
Um, and, and the film opened up. I mean, in the first 30 seconds of the film, it was a taxi member doing a cover of Jingle Bells. The Maury Morrison Orchestra probably recorded back in like the 40s or 50s. One of our members controls his, his now deceased father's catalog, got that placement. And you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, it was dated but it didn't matter it worked so beautifully in the in the context of the film that you're right that'll be evergreen forever not only is this generation going to earn some money from it but the grandkids will as well exactly exactly yeah that's the great thing about christmas songs and so for people who love to write in these period styles and have that feel have a feel for it um absolutely uh, this is a great way to go well done all right, moving on. The next one is called Homecoming Ball, and this is by Karen Brasher. And get that going. Oh, right. Get this there and that very nice has a country feel uh, you know uh, put that slide guitar in there and it gives it that country feel alt country probably um nice i like the singer uh this is by karen brasher and i assume that's her singing and i really uh, interesting voice unique lots of character lots of emotion the kind of voice that works really well for film and television and for americana and this falls right into kind of that roots americana style um, in terms of the track and also the melody and, and the, uh, the lyric as well. So I would say this is worth, definitely worth working on. Um, on a train, the, it opens with on a train and a beautiful image, trees dance with a blanket of snow. It's been a long, hard time working here on my own. Beautiful opening that sets the scene, sets the situation the singer is in. 
the excitement in the air for the homecoming ball tonight. Um, I think this might come in too soon. This seems to start for the homecoming ball tonight, like the Mardi Gras mass sparkling shine chorus, and then chorus, I'm coming home tonight. Okay, that's where the chorus starts, I see. Um, the, it seems to me like the verse isn't quite long enough. It doesn't give us enough information about uh, the singers coming home. Uh, long, hard time working here on my own. Then it immediately goes to the excitement in the air for the homecoming ball. It seems to have a, a kind of a split right there because I think you have to, you, you feel that you have to get there before you get to the chorus. Um, so working out here on my own. Um, but I, I would go, where I would go with that would be to, to say, um, but I'm coming home to see you like I always said I would. Set up that situation right there rather than going to the homecoming ball, which you're going to go to in the chorus anyway. So um, working, it's been a long, hard time working here on my own, but I'm finally coming back, coming back to see you as I always, as I promised that I would. I'm a woman of my word, and I said that I would. Then it's coming home tonight for the homecoming ball. Um... And that's where, if you want to, if you want to say something describing the homecoming ball, I'm not sure that, that how to handle that the homecoming ball in the context of this song. Um, we have to give people the idea of what the homecoming ball is like. Um, you say the masks and the sparkle, but there's something else going on here. And you, she wants, she needs to say, the singer needs to say the homecoming ball where hearts are found or lost, where <clears throat> couples meet and break up, where I'll finally, excuse me, <coughs> I'll finally find you again. Right. Why does it matter? Answer the why. Right. <clears throat> Tell listeners why we should care. Yeah. about her, about the homecoming ball. And that's what the chorus needs to focus on. What is the heart of the homecoming ball? Why is it emotionally important? What does it feel like to the singer? That will get us to be able to engage and relate with the singer. Um, then, missed your smile, your verse two. That might be missed your smile, the touch of your lips gently on mine, going to hold you so tight. You might want to move part of that up into uh, before you get to the chorus so that we know what she's coming back for and why she's coming back. Um, and that might help you uh, get to the homecoming ball um, emotionally uh, so that when you get to that chorus, you can really lay on it what, she, what it is she, what happens at the homecoming ball that makes it so important to her. Okay. Sounds good. So uh, I've got three more. Uh, I think we might have time to at least get to two of them. I just emailed you the lyrics, uh, so oh, you've okay. got them. <clears throat> Let me open this up. It's amazing. I'm an audio engineer, a video engineer, <laughs> the U.S. post office. I can do it all. And while you're looking... Because I'm a woman. <laughs> W-O-M-A-N. Yeah. The ultimate female <laughs> empowerment song. And while you're looking at that, I will plug the book again because Christmas is coming. So if somebody you know wants to buy you something that's relatively inexpensive, however highly valuable, buy this book. You know, I'm saying. 
Um, I actually saw somebody say that in the forum once. They said, well, I, I bought so-and-so's book because it was half the price. Well, it was probably half as good. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> and film and TV is not the same thing as writing songs for radio, <laughs> records, and Spotify. So definitely um, film and TV. It's the only book on the market that covers it. It's an amazing book. Oh, no. I've never had a guest give up the ghost during an episode. So don't be the first. I know why my mic is so funky. It's because I have one ear off and I never do that. So, so by the way, my speakers. it actually sounds really good with the mic down where it is. It doesn't block your face at all. And it sounds really good. And here's a lozenge for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I could go get one, but I'm, I think I'm okay for two more songs. Okay. All right. Uh, you get this ready to go. And that goes a player. All right. This one's called <laughs> Not Far Away by Shara, Shara D. A strong theme would you be ready if your life ended now uh, what if you wanted to but couldn't go and it's very direct and these are real questions and and the melody the dark melody and the minor chords are underscoring it really well it's the kind of thing that could work for film and television as long as it keeps a, a, every everything is working together to create that melancholy sense of loss. Could you handle addiction taking over you, every high becoming low? Okay, so when you add the word addiction to it, it takes it a little bit away from film and television because it would have to be working with a particular scene. So you probably, if you wanted to stick around the life could you let go of life if things were dragging, pulling you down underwater? Would you let go? You know, if you want, were interested in changing this, that would probably help it 
be more likely to work for film and television where songs like this can work. Then the next line is, please don't cry. He is happy today. Um, and so we don't know who he is because the first four lines were, yeah, were addressed to you. And, and they're compelling. The first four lines are really compelling. Please don't cry. So now we don't know who the singer is singing to. Please, you, please don't cry. And then he is happy today. And we don't know who he is, but obviously this is someone who has, who has died. Please don't cry. He is not far away. Um, this seems like a different song lyric. Uh, this lyric belongs to a different song. Someone being comforted by uh, after the loss of somebody they love. Please have faith. Believe me. But see, we don't know who the me is either. So you want to be at this point in the lyric. Um, you would pro you would want the listener to know who something about me, the singer. And what me, what my relationship is to he, to him, and to you, and that's going to be a lot of information to try to get into in like eight lines. So I think, um, and, and <clears throat> this is as long as listeners will stick around. <coughs> so listen. So I think that this one would probably need a pretty substantial rewrite uh, to work. Angels have spoken, took his hand, and led the way. So now we know what happened to him. He died. They've deceived us. We will be with him again one day. They, oh, they've not deceived us. We will be with him again one day. It seems like you've got several songs going on with different themes. And that happens sometimes. And I say to people, just pull them apart and write three different songs. You have the beginning of three different songs here. And that's a pretty cool thing to have. <laughs> so I would decide which song you want to write out here and then pull the other two songs. Uh, Please don't cry. He's happy today. And this, um, uh, the other one, which is, would you be ready if your life ended? And the third one, I think, is angels have spoken, took his hand and led the way. They've not deceived us. We will be with him one day. I think that's a song of hope and, and belief and faith. So that maybe, go, that maybe goes with, with the second section. Please don't cry, but I'm not sure. It could be a third song. So I would be working on this and just pulling some things apart and taking a look at what you want to talk about in this song. Write that down and then keep it in front of you the whole time you're writing. Uh, I think so that, that you know what you want the song to be about. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. I think people are scared to death to do that because they've already got something fairly etched in stone and it's just horrifying to think about, what does she mean there are three songs in here? Just try, just try it. You know, if you don't like mm -hmm. it, you can always revert back to the original version. It's yeah. worth a try. Always keep what you have. Don't throw that away. Don't tell yourself you're throwing it away or it's not good. Just say, I'm going to see if I can beat this. Yeah. And one of the ways to beat it is by staying focused on what you started to write. I suspect those first four lines were inspired. And then the rest of the song followed. And this, and you and the writer didn't stop to say what are these first four lines really about i want to write i i take that back i think the i think this is a personal experience for the writer right and we just aren't getting inside enough as outsiders we need to be let inside open the window open the door let us in tell us what we need to know in order to be there with you there's a lot of writer's assumption in there uh and the writer is wrote this from a, a place of a lot of pain because it was a personal experience 
However, as you've said a million times, uh, it's maybe your single greatest thing that you've conveyed to people over all these years, which is don't tell us the story. In the film and TV context, don't tell us the story because it's bound to conflict or not work with the screen. Tell us the emotions that the story caused you to feel. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The scriptwriter will tell the story. You tell us how it feels. Yeah. And make yeah. us feel it. That's Absolutely. the great strength of songwriting. Well done, though. Very All right. This next one is called Crazy World. I'm probably going to butcher your, na butcher your name, Gene, but I'm going to take my best shot. Gene Orphanopoulos. Sounds good um, to me. Yeah. That's I, what it looks I, like to I, me. I got it all out there. Um, all right. Got that ready to go. This ready to go. Here we go. seventies vibe. Uh, it's got a strong sense of seventies rock to it. Soft rock, um, works great for that style. If there's a need for it, uh, yeah, at some point you got it. Um, I love the crazy world baby stay by me in this crazy world. It's great opening. You're opening with your hook and that works in this case. Uh, yeah, baby stay by me in this crazy world. Now the next thing you need to do, we were just talking about this when we said, let the listener inside, don't keep me on the outside. Let me in to see what the crazy world is, how it feels, what it looks like, um, you know, what's happening to you in that crazy world and what the other person is doing that you're thanking that person for. So you went to, I can't help but see how crazy this world can be. But we heard crazy world already. So you're just telling us what we already know. So there's no movement. There's no forward movement here in this line, which is the opening line of your first verse, which should be giving us more information. So right there on that line, I can't help but see how crazy this world can be. Instead of that, try telling us how crazy is this world? Every, what's happening? What's going on that's making you say that? And show us what the crazy world is doing to you or making you feel or what it looks like. Then I'm so thankful for you. You helped me see it through. Again, show her helping us, helping him see it through. Show that person, whether it's him or her or whoever, friend, could be anything. Um, uh, show them. What do they do to help you see it through? So if you said, this world is so crazy, it's like a carnival. Everything is spinning, but you help me put my feet on the ground. That would be better for us because we'd go, oh, it feels like that. 
it feels like the whole world is like you're going to fall over and you're spinning and it's t- you know everything's falling and going crazy then we get what crazy world looks like so try something specific like that um you know and and this is how it feels this is what it feels like to me um and then when you go back to your hook again, so baby, stay by me in this crazy world. We have a sense of what crazy world means so we can participate and relate better than if we're left on the outside not knowing what's going on for the singer. Cool. Uh, okay. All right. All right. We've got time. Are you okay if we go like two minutes over, Robin, because we got a bit mm-hmm. of a late start due to technical difficulties? All right. This one's called Cell Phone. It's by Ian Pev. Featuring Mandy Shippard. And here we go. Stay by me. Go. Crazy world. Well, good try. Here we go. <laughs> I wish I was your cell phone. over to the Facebook page and I did skim through a few songs and I heard this one and my immediate response is this is a great lyric idea and it's perfect for K-pop. This is just exactly what one of those like uh, girl G idol would sing you know this is like it girl idol um, and uh, it, it's perfect for a girl group. The melody and the track is not so you'd what I would recommend that Ian do is go over and start listening to K-pop. Go over there, get on, uh, you know, you can find tons of it on YouTube, absolutely tons of it, and start listening to the girl groups. And notice how rhythmical these melodies are. I know I sound like a broken record, but... It's it's what's happening today. All rhythm, yeah. It's all syncopated. It has tons of fun. I wish I was your cell phone. You'd hold me so close. I mean, they're going to play with that. And, and have fun with the syncopated feel of that melody. And they're going to sing that lyric really differently. And what they'll do is they'll take that lyric and they'll sing part of it in English. They'll sing the hook in English. Um, I wish I was your cell phone. So close. You'll hear them sing that in English and then the rest will be a Korean or a translation of kind of what you wrote, but not really. Um, but they'll <laughs> sing that and then they'll sing, I wish I was your cell phone. I wish I was you would hold me so close. And the rest will be in in Korean. And so you actually turn on the closed captioning uh, at YouTube so you can see the translation of the Korean. It's hysterical. (laughs) Absolutely hysterical. Um, It makes no sense at all. And um, but it works. And it's all about this kind of sexiness without being too overt about it. Um, and everybody's playful and everybody's really young and really pretty. And this type of lyric, I wish I was your cell phone. You hold me so close. I'd be in your life. I wish I were your cell phone. It's perfect. Um, there's that real obsession with gadgetry. They have that. 
And of course, I mean, this stuff outsells Taylor Swift. It's, it's huge around the world. It's huge globally. And there's an appeal there with the youth and innocence. They're, they're, they're playing it a little bit older now. It's a little sexier than it used to be. But it's still pretty innocent compared to some of this. I mean, compared to most of the stuff that's on the pop charts here. Um, but it really works for tw uh, tweens and teens, young teens. And in that part, you know, in those cultures. And so absolutely ideal lyric. And I would just sit there and listen to these K-pop songs. And uh, I, this is probably Ian also producing this. So you could also pick up some of your production chops if you want to yeah. from what they're doing. Production is really dominant in that style. If you didn't want to do that, you could go over to karaoke, get a karaoke track of uh, some of these songs and write your song to it so that you get all the rhythm that you want in there and then replace that track either by uh, with your own or um, hire somebody to do it and then pitch uh, be nice if a taxi got a k-pop listing i think i've seen one or two oh yeah i i was just going to tag on to what you're saying ian please don't submit this in its current form even though robin said this would be great for k-pop and i uh, yes we just have the a lyric yeah, we've it's had a flurry of K-pop listings, but I don't want Ian to be disappointed if he should pitch this to one of yeah. those because it probably wouldn't get forward. It's not there. The idea is great. Yes. Uh, it's so, Robin is 100% on target with this. It's great for K-pop, but needs some work before it's, mm -hmm. you know. But boy, when you've got a good idea, it's worth working on because they're hard to come by. Yeah. Um, and and these it's such a different culture from ours that it's difficult for us to think in those terms. But it may be that Ian has a, a you know, a good feel for it and he can come up with a ton of ideas and they crank this stuff out. It is really a machine. Literally, it, it, it's yeah. a um, uh, I mean, they'll pass they'll st one pair of producers or writers will start the song and pass it on to the next set of writers who will do the, you know, the verse. The first one did the chorus, then the second one does the verse, and then they pass it on to the, somebody who writes the melody and somebody who it's literally, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, it just you just put them together like like you put a car together um, <laughs> and, and they uh, crank them out uh, and they have huge, massive hits. Uh, and so it's worth working on if it's, a, it's something you want to get into, if you enjoy writing in that style and you, and you don't mind writing fast and you can come up with these kinds of ideas, there's work for you there. It, we've had quite a few, uh, K-pop listings and in some cases they're just asking us for American pop. Um, mm -hmm. and, and they will create a lyric to it and they will pay the writer producer of the American pop track. I, typically like four or five thousand dollars i think and you still retain mm -hmm. some of the writer's share of it uh mm -hmm. and, and they get writer's share for contributing a lyric to it and there you go so you're absolutely right it, it's definitely a factory but uh they, hey. but they like to get their stuff from here first because mm -hmm. that because their culture doesn't lend itself to the kind of rhythmic melodies and production that we do and they really like to get those that that american feel in there yeah. and that american hook and then the rest of it they they just translated into korean and make it work uh for that culture but yeah everything else comes from here that's that's a lot of people here working in that field so i want to ask you uh before we close down the show tonight uh if you were going to take a four-hour car drive what would you listen to on that drive 
Oh, I tell you what, I got that nailed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I canceled my seven-hour car drive for Christmas. I'm not going to see my sister. But normally, what I would be doing right now is I would be putting together my USB my my list for, on Spotify that I would be putting on my USB that I take out to the car, and then I I listen to it endlessly all the way up to uh, San Jose and back again. Yeah. Um. And what I do is I go over to Spotify, and a lot of times. There'll be, it's all singer-songwriter stuff, because I just love singer-songwriter. And so on Spotify, I have lists, um, and my film and TV list is public. It's called Film and TV Songwriting, if you want to follow my, that. It's all songs <clears throat> that I found in film and TV that I really like. And I Which, think by the way, they can get studio. that. Go to robinfrederick.com. Might as well plug, plug the website, right? Oh, or, sure. Or, uh, You'd have to go to Spotify, though, to get this. Oh, this that, is a right. playlist on Spotify, but it's a public playlist called Film and, written out and, Film and TV Songwriting. And you can search for that on Spotify. It'll come up. Uh, and you can follow it over there when I add new songs and stuff that I find that I like. And they're mostly singer-songwriter because that's the easiest thing to do in a home studio. But I also keep um, playlists. I happen to have Spotify open right here, so I wanted to just pull up my playlist that I keep for my drives. And on those, I put, um, oh, I open the taxi listing every morning when I get the email, I open it up from taxi and I have my cup of tea and I go through what you've got in there and I'll click on these things and go over and see who the reference artists are. And I'll have Spotify open because I like to listen there. And so last week you had some, a singer songwriter listing that had Holly Humberstone in it. Uh, and the, the song was Falling Asleep at the Wheel. I love it. And it's hard to find good female singer-songwriters, women out there. You should be looking at that. I'd like to see more women singer-songwriters out there. Um, and uh, Falling Asleep at the Wheel is just wonderful. It's a great song, Holly Humberstone. And then I have, right after that, I have Spondiferous, uh, Old Pages, which I also got from a taxi listing. So I go through those listings, and that's where I find a lot of new artists I've never heard of. And I want to listen to more of their stuff because I like a lot of it. Some of it I don't like. I'm not going to deal with that. Hurricane by the Band of, is that Band of? Band of Heathens, which I had never heard of. <laughs> and uh, The Devil Wears a Suit and Tie by Coulter Wall. I love Coulter Wall. And so I would never know who these people are. If I didn't get the taxi listings, that's what the industry's looking for. Yeah. So I might as well, when I go to write my books, and you know, you say, you often say to me things like, How do you know all these artists and this music? I read the taxi listings <laughs> <laughs> because you guys put a lot of effort into finding those, and it's what the industry is asking for. So I should know what that is. And the best place to hear it is when I'm stuck in my car in traffic. Yeah. And I've got my USB in there and I'll listen to these things for like a month over and over and over and over. And I'll be embedding those melodies and embedding those those styles and those vocal styles and phrasing. And then I'll come up with a whole new batch. I've got I keep all my past lists just because but they're not public. But I have them from 2015, 2017, 2017, part two, 2018, 2019, 2020. And they're all singer songwriter stuff that I like. And then you can also on Spotify, they'll they'll then suggest ads at the bottom of your playlist. They'll suggest artists you might like. Right. And those are pretty good. They're pretty they're, on. Target. They're getting better, but the, it feels like they're 65, 70 percent right now where they used to be. Pandora, 40%. Pandora does it great. And that's yeah. what the, all they do. 
And it's not all Spotify does. The fans also like, forget that, that on Spotify, that's terrible. Their additions on the bottom a lot of times are things I already have on another list or, but maybe sometimes it's somebody new I haven't heard of. But the taxi listings, that's an incredible resource because those music soups are asking for stuff that's really cutting edge. And um, you would never have heard of because they do all that research. So might right. as well piggyback on that. And I also want to give props, props to our A&R team. Yes. to um, Tom and Bria and Eric and, and Angela. It used to be that very rarely would our clients give us references. They almost, some of the folks didn't really zero in on that stuff very well. They would hear somebody else is looking for it. So yes, I want it too. But they really didn't know the music. Um, now we implore the people running listings with Taxi to give us at least one reference, and then we check it against what they've asked for to make sure that it's really on target. And then our A and R team will go to work and find the other two. Sometimes we get two or three from the clients, but I'd say at least half the time, it's the staff that's doing that deep research. And, and we've got the best A and R staff. Um, that we've probably had since the days of Doug Minnick in the early to mid 90s. So I'm very proud of the work they do. It shows, it yeah. really shows. Um, I've been very impressed with the reference artists um, that you have on there um, and uh, using them and adding them. I find I'm adding more to my, I keep long playlists besides Spotify. I have a text file that I keep of female singer-songwriters, minimalist female singer-songwriters, bluesy-influenced singer-songwriters. It's just, you know, organized by genre. And, of course, the taxi listing has the genre right there. Yeah. So it makes it very easy when I want to find something. I got this huge list of minimalist female singer-songwriters with a blues influence. And I just pop in there and I can find that. And I don't have to spend time recreating all that work that you guys have already done. I wish more of our members would do what you're doing. I, I, I really do. I really push it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I push appreciate it out to that. People. Speaking of pushing. Even non-members. I mean, if you know somebody who's not a taxi member, let me put this out to, to everybody. If you know somebody who is not a taxi member, and you probably do, who is a songwriter, tell them to get on the email list to get those. It's free and you don't have to be a member. It's like the most underused resource in the business. It amazes me that people don't know about this. Uh, speaking of plugging, one more time because the holiday, well, the books are actually behind your head, but I'm going to hold one up and cover my face because I'm so shy. <laughs> it's Christmas time. Uh, Amazon's got this one for 5% off right now. You know what? Uh, talk about a book that's evergreen. Um, oh, oh, damn. I don't have my little card. It's out in the garage. But don't forget, Robin actually did 900 plus pages of the root of all that is this book and she's got level one level two and level three in ebook form because so many people were asking us for ebooks for years and we we're reluctant to put them out there because people were copying them and sharing them but whatever so robin now had put to put together a compendium of 900 and how many pages altogether? do you remember yeah yeah each one in the each book is about 280 to 300 pages each one of the ebooks, that's what they're estimated to be at by Amazon, right. about 280 to 300 pages. It's called Shortcuts to Hit Songwriting, Revised and Updated. And that's exactly what it is. All of the shortcuts that are in the book, I made sure they were all still there because people have their favorites. And so I put them in. And then I also added all that stuff about uh, melody rhythm 
Yeah. It's in particularly that's in level three because that's fairly sophisticated, but I know taxi members can handle that. And so you may want to just pick up level three if you already are familiar with the book and you've gone through the shortcuts. Check out level three, work your way backwards, forwards, whatever you want to do. It's a much more flexible way to do it. And those cost just 10 bucks a piece, $9.99 a piece. So it's the greatest to a little Christmas <laughs> gift, you know? It's the greatest deal in the world. You I know, get I know. It's like <laughs> three huge. books for the price of one. And I updated all the song references. So all the songwriters and, and artists we talk about all the time in the taxi listings, they're all in there. Like Louis Capaldi, I used him. And I used kind of every, and, and Dua Lipa, who I admire a lot. And Alessia Cara. And, uh, you know, they're all there. Because I wanted to update the book. But uh, I don't think we'll be, you know, this is, would be very difficult to bring out as a single volume. It literally would be 900 pages. Right. Uh, it would be crazy. Uh, you, who wants to lift that up? So, but <laughs> ebooks don't weigh anything. So. Somebody said to me around road rally time, I think like two or three days before the rally, I was on the phone with one of our members asking them a question. I needed an opinion for something I was going to do at the rally. And they said, by the way, I got all three of Robin's ebooks. And I said, did you read level one or did you skip it? Because you already had this. It was somebody that I knew had read this like twice. And he said, no, I, I went back and read it because there were, were great updates. Absolutely. So I want to encourage people to buy. I'm not trying to make an extra 10 bucks. Believe me, on, on an ebook, Robin and I do not make the majority of that $10. <laughs> uh, but the updates are critical. And then level two and level three, she's right. Taxi members for the most part can handle that stuff because you guys have been watching taxi TV, you've been listening to Robin, you've been going to the road rallies, doing all this stuff. Um, where can they get, uh, find out about your seminars and your classes and all that? Why don't oh, you, you go ahead and you can come right to my website, robinfrederick.com. And you'll find, uh, there'll be a little pop-up that says, uh, find out more about Robin's workshops. And I have workshop uh, uh, shortcuts to great lyric uh, to great song lyrics shortcuts to great song lyrics, um, and I have I'm coming up with I have a new course that's starting soon uh, called Film and TV Songwriting: The Seven Ingredients of Emotion. How do you write emotion into your mm. song? It's that thing we were talking about a lot today, and I finally figured out. I gave actually I gave that at the road rally a few years ago. The seven I ingredients of emotion. Yeah, and I finally went. I should turn that into a course. So I'm almost done with it, and I'll, I'll hopefully have it up in a couple of weeks. Um, so you can, uh, you know, just pop on over to my to you know sign up for my school or a workshop, and um, and then my books are of course at Amazon. So you can just go over and look me up at Amazon. And uh, everything will come up right there. All the ebooks are right there. Just type my name in at Amazon, and all of the, my author page will come up with all of the books, the film and TV, and the hit songwriting, and everything. Makes it real easy to do. Yep, get a big Christmas stocking because you'll need a double <laughs> wide to hold that baby. <laughs> double wide, yeah. <laughs> Robin, Good thank one. you. You're always amazing. I should be jaded but I am always amazed by you <laughs> and appreciate fun. appreciate the time you spend with us. Uh, if I don't talk to you before Christmas, have a great one. Um, pass along my best wishes to your sis, and uh, I will see you very early in the new year, I'm sure. Be well. I'm sure. Okay, bye-bye. Robin Frederick, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to hit the like button. If you're not a subscriber, hit it. It's free. See you next time on another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Bye-bye.